0: especially our servicemen out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or Brewpolo over in Tupelo. It be a little weird, Robbie, if Brewpolo was in Hollandale.
1: guess it would. I mean, Bruindale. Holland Brew? I don't know. I don't know how it would work. I love the Delta, but I just I couldn't see a uh, a, a Brewpolo there. That
0: doesn't work, so... Anyway, wherever you live in our great state, you can get Strange Brew Coffee every morning. All you got to go do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your counter right this second, I got you taken care of it. Strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner is the place to find maroon and white merchandise you can't find just anywhere else. You can only find it at College Corner. They have the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in Central Mississippi. So why wouldn't you want to shop there? Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. This weekend, if you're looking for something different, something delicious, you want to head over to Humble Taco. Grab some Mexican food that you cannot get anywhere else. they have taken your favorite Southern dishes and turned them into Mexican favorites. It's awesome. It's great. It's fantastic. There's something on the menu for everyone, whether you have a picky eater or a healthy eater. Whatever it is. Or if you just got, you know, eaters, they'll get you taken care of at Humble Taco. Looking for lunch this afternoon? Why not Firehouse Subs? Download the free Firehouse Subs app. And follow Firehouse Subs on Twitter, by the way. I keep mentioning this. They were giving away, I think they were doing buy one, get one free just the other day on, uh, on Twitter. All you got to do is, is follow them on Twitter to get these discounts. But you use the Firehouse Subs app, place your order online, it's ready within minutes, and boom. Reward points, reward points, reward points. You're piling them up. You're eating for free sooner rather than later. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison, that's Firehouse Subs. Hey, Robbie, it's the weekend, kind of.
1: Yeah. So I mean, not, not really, but... Not
0: really? That's okay.
1: Yeah. So,
0: how you doing? I'm doing good. It's a fun day today because this is one of the shows I enjoy doing uh, every summer, and that's the annual All-22 Rankings. For those of you who have never been a part of this before, what we do is Robbie and I, and of course his predecessors before him, you're like, you're like, you're like, you're like a king. You've got, you got predecessors. Yes. Um, we project the starting lineup, and in this instance, I think Robbie and I might have some different guys in there. That's fine. We'll discuss that when we get there. And then we rank those guys based on confidence. So whoever I have at number one is the player I have the absolute most confidence in in 2022 and so on and so forth. And so that's how we rank it. Robbie has his list prepared. I have my list prepared. We should not have a train wreck like we had last year when we were trying to do this. We
1: should be good to go. That thing was a disaster last year because I forgot to put the list together. Right. And then I just kind of – I, I didn't really label them. Yeah. So, like, I didn't really number them. So, we lost track, like, the numbers. Found out that you were wrong. Yes. Um, just, just for the record. And this year, we both have numbered our guys. We have – I've mapped this out. I feel like – I feel pretty good about my list. So, I think we can be okay here. Very good.
0: Very good. Oh, huge news, Robbie. Looks like Chelsea might be in talks to sign Prince Nelcompenbe. Oh, boy. They are really doing a good job here in these, these last few weeks. Yeah, Very congratulations! You're a Chelsea fan. All right. Uh, let's start, start at the bottom, shall we? Yep. All right. Mine might surprise you. So I tend to, on the bottom, I put the guy. I, I don't like to project guys I haven't seen yet. They, just sort of, they kind of go to the bottom by default. This is a guy Same. who's been on the team for a few years. But right now, I think he's penciled in to start. And honestly, I just don't know what to make of him because hes I think this is his third year here at Mississippi State. It might be his fourth year, to be honest with you. I think he's a Moorhead guy. And he just hasn't done anything. And that's Caleb Ducky. I think that he, right now, is scheduled to start at that Z receiver spot. You know, if I was Mike Leach, and I know that I'm not, but I would be starting trying to get Ra-Ra Thomas and Tulu Griffin on the field at the same time. Those are your best two, I think. But they play the same position. And... For whatever reason, this offense is kind of rigid with that, that they don't move guys around from X to Z, from Y to H. If you're a Y, you're a Y. If you're a Z, you're a Z. Ducking is the lead Z right now. Will he be that the whole season long? I don't know, but I think week one he's going to be. The fact that he hasn't really done anything up to this point, though, I don't have a ton of faith in this young man. So that's who's number 22 for me.
1: Yeah, I'll give my thoughts on him. He He's kind of towards the bottom as well. And I, I, like you, I projected him as a starter. We might have some different starters, but I think we're on yeah. the same page here. He is, like, I, I agree with you that they're kind of set on their guys playing specific positions. Right. And it looks like Z is where he is. And I think he's going to be the number one Z. Mm-hmm. At least to start out. And, and I'll give my thoughts on him shortly. Here Here's my number 22. And – I did this just because I just don't know right now. Albert Reese is my number 22 right now. Um, High projectability, I think you and I are both very high on him. We Mm -hmm. both think that he's going to be really good. But as a redshirt freshman in the SEC starting at at right tackle, which I believe he will be um, because for the most part, he was kind of the guy there during the spring. I just don't know yet. We haven't seen enough of him to – Feel really good about him yet so that's where i have him right now i have him as my number 22 i do project him to be my starting right tackle for game one whether or not he sticks there depends on how he plays but i think he will win that job all right i'm in albert reese is on my list as
0: well as a potential starter so but not 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 at 22 who do you have at 21
1: i'm back at the tackle position this might surprise you a little bit i got percy lewis As my number 21. You aren't going to have any differences at all, I don't think, my friend. Yeah. You might not. Um, Some people are projecting Dollar Bill at left tackle. I I just think at the end of the day, Percy's going to be your best hope there. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he didn't fully secure that does worry me a little bit uh, from the spring. And I, I can't figure out if that was just Dollar Bill performing that well or not but I think that this is going to be a position that's still going to be a little fluid during the fall. And if Percy's starting right now, I just don't know uh, well enough to feel super confident in him. And it's kind of scary that my two spots that I feel less confident in are the left, left and right tackle spots, but that's where we are. I mean, that's, we've, that's been a a topic of discussion for us two for a long time Mm -hmm. and we just are not, super confident in those positions just yet, but they have to be good. By the end of the year, these guys should be towards the top of the list. Right. In confidence Mm -hmm. if you're going to be really good. I mean, these guys need to make a big jump here.
0: I'll just do 21 and 20 here since I'm I'm, I'm on the the back end of this anyway. This is where I have the tackles, though. I have Reese at, I'm sorry, not Reese, Lewis at 21 and Reese at 20. Uh, Just because I've seen a little bit more of Reese uh, last year, played a little bit, uh, some very limited action. I and I am in agreement with you. I think as the year goes along, that we will see these guys, you know, elevate themselves. I, I don't. It's not that I don't have confidence that they're going to be good players. It's just that when you look at the starting lineup the way it is right this second, how can I have them over guys I have seen play? Uh, that to me doesn't make any sense. So. I have uh, Lewis at 21 and Reese at 20. Who do you have at 20? Uh, I have Caleb Ducking. Okay, that's where you have Duck. Um, Okay,
1: Yeah, I have Caleb Ducking at 20. And the same, same reason for you. I mean, we just haven't seen him play, but I do have some high expectations for Ducking. I think he can be a Malik Heath type of product for Mississippi State. Um, just lots of talent, lots of size. I think there's a, there's a lot of things alike like there, and this could be the year that he really busts out. I mean, you got to think about it. This is the guy that played at a small high school and didn't throw the ball around that much. He goes to Holmes, who ran the triple option. So this guy's never really been in a passing offense. He basically took a year off from playing at Mississippi State when he redshirted that first year to just kind of get acclimated. Then last year you saw him a little bit. You saw a a couple of flashes. We saw a a big play against Vanderbilt, and that was pretty much it. But I thought he was one of the more impressive wide receivers that we saw in the spring. So I'm expecting big things out of him. But right now, confidence level is low because we just have not seen him play.
0: Uh, It's very fair. Very fair uh, assessment at this point. At this point, for me, Robbie, this is where you're getting into guys that you've seen. You've seen these guys play. So who do you have at uh, at 19?
1: I've got my projected starter at cornerback, DeCameron Richardson. Okay. Um, I think he's going to win that job. He was, uh, to me, unquestionably, the, the second best cornerback that I saw this spring. And we saw some flashes of him last year. You know, he was thrown into action a couple of times. Um, you know, one time Martin Emerson got thrown out of the game, against, I think against Kentucky, and he had to come into that ball game. And basically he started that game because that was like the first possession that Emerson got uh, ejected. And I thought he performed really well. So when we got to see him last year, I thought he performed really well. I have, just like ducking, I have high expectations for him. Probably one of the most skilled players on that defense from a talent perspective. Um, if you remember, he was a guy that was a late take from Mississippi State, but Tweet47 was really, really excited about this guy. We ranked him four-star. Um, he was just a kind of a late bloomer out of the state of Louisiana, one of those that just kind of went under the radar, and I think that he's going to be really good for Mississippi State. L- low confidence just because we haven't seen him play, but I expect him to have a good season.
0: I have him in here too. So at 19 is where I have Sean Preston. Preston, I've seen plenty of him. And he has his moments, but he is uh, – in the secondary, I feel pretty confident saying he's the most inconsistent guy. So I, I have him 19th, and then I have DeCamry Richardson as 18th. I was very impressed last year in the Kentucky game where Emerson got tossed early for targeting. And you think, oh, gosh, you know, now Kentucky's going to find a way to take advantage of this. They'll get away from Forbes. They'll put Wondell Robinson out there with, with Richardson. And he really held his own, really had a good game in that game gave me a lot of of, of hope for what you're going to see in the future. So I'm with you. I think he ends up winning that job, and I have him at number 18. Preston at 19 uh, for me. Who do you have at 18?
1: I've got Preston at 18. Okay.
0: So we really are sort of on the same page this, thus far.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and the only reason he's ahead of these other guys is because he's actually played, and you know he's going to be a veteran back there. But I, I think some of these other guys have a much higher ceiling, but – we, we saw some really good things from Sean Preston um, his first year or so. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I know a lot of people were, were down on him on a couple of plays in 2020, but I thought 2020 he had a solid season. I didn't think he was really bad. He had that you know, he
0: terrible was, bowl game, and people remember yeah. that. And then, yeah,
1: but I, I thought he was solid that year. And, you know, he was kind of – that they they really lost a lot of safety depth, and he was one of the bright spots, I thought, back there. So, you know – he's a veteran i think he has a good year this year
0: i agree i agree with you uh 100 then who
1: do you have now at uh 17 this might surprise you but i have jordan davis here okay i don't have him on my list really so you don't think he's gonna start i don't know that he'll start game one i'll put it okay that way. i and I, I can i can definitely see that and i i think i i projected him i gave him a the start I projected him there because I think he'll be ready by fall practice. And I think he will climb into that starting position. Um, But I, I, you know, I have him as a starter and why I have him so low is I just don't know where he is physically after that injury. Um, We didn't see him at all in the spring. Mm -hmm. He didn't perform at all in the spring. He should be pretty healthy at this point. Should be. Uh, We're almost a full 12 months. Since he was injured uh, with a knee injury, and usually that's about an eight-month process, six to eight months. Uh, so he should be about ready to roll. And if he is who we we expect him to be, he should be starting by game one. If not, he should be getting a ton of reps. Right. So I, I have him starting, but I just I, I want to wait before I really you know jump off a bridge for the that's, guy. That's
0: fair. Like I said, I just am not. I feel like against you know, those first couple of games, they might take it easy with him if they can. So we'll, we'll see. I could definitely I just, see that. Jordan Davis DeMonte, will be starting by then. You the Demonte end. Russell? Yeah, I too I have, but a little further up the road. Okay. Uh, here at 17 is where I have Tulu Griffin. Okay. I love Tulu Griffin. I think he has everything that a playmaking wide receiver needs. He's got great speed. He's got elusiveness, athleticism. He's going to be great in special teams this year. But he just doesn't have the rep shit. And I cannot for the life of me, and maybe this is part of the bias there, but I can still see him dropping that pass in the egg bowl
1: clear as day. Happened right in front of me. So, what's crazy about that though is he had just made that great catch. Yes. One on one coverage. Team down the field. I mean, it it was so weird that he couldn't finish that drive. That whole
0: drive was weird. So, let's just leave it at that. But Griffin could be like a guy next year that I have him in the top five if yeah. he does the things he's supposed to do. Because right now he's the guy replacing Mal- uh, Malachi. I got AEW on the brain. Malachi Black. Yeah. <laughs> the house always wins. Uh, <laughs> he's the guy who's replacing Makai Polk. So big shoes to fill. I-, I think he can do it, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So that's who I have at uh at seventeen. At sixteen is where I have Colin Duncan. Colin Duncan is like the saltine cracker of the MSU defense. Just totally – just he's just there. Like he, he fills in the voids, but there's nothing really exciting about him. You know? He's just just saltines. He's just good. He's, he's, good. He, he's, just, he's good. He's good enough solid. to start. He's good enough to start. One thing I will say, I didn't mention a second ago, by the end of the season I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Ellington has that job from
1: Sean Preston. Uh, I gr- agree. I, I almost put him there, but I don't. I got, no, not game one. He's not starting think, game one. Yeah, I think from the beginning it's going to be Preston. Yeah. I almost put Ellington in there, but I think Ellington will overtake him, or he'll start getting a, a lot more reps.
0: But Duncan, I have him here at sixteen. Who do you have?
1: I've got Cole Smith. Yeah, okay, I don't have Cole Smith and, on my list, so that's good. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, and I—that's I, another one that I. Debated whether or not to put Nick Jones at the guard spot because Jones got most of the reps at guard during the spring and uh, while Cole was, was recovering from his surgery that he had in the offseason. So, the, and he, Cole was so low because I don't know if he's going to start. I gave him the slight edge, um, but I don't know how he's going to react coming back from this injury. I'm, uh, I, if, if I had to pick Nick Jones, would probably be around the same spot though. So
0: I went a little off, off the, uh, beaten path here at 15.
1: Or or you should be doing 15. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Jalen Green is 15 for me. Okay. Um, I just don't have a, you know, the, the, I think the safeties are, are solid. They're experienced, but, they have a propensity to give up some big plays, too. So on my confidence level in the safeties are not incredibly high. I think they're going to be solid. I think it's going to be a solid group. But Jalen Green would be my number two safety out of those three because I just feel a lot better about Colin Duncan. Um, but the, the ceiling for Jalen Green is, is relatively high, too.
0: I agree with that. I think Jalen Green is going to be – I have him much higher than you do. I'll put it that way. On on this countdown, so at fifteen, I did a little projecting. I I gave State what I think is their best five offensive linemen. I have Dollar Bill here as as the left guard. I think he's going to slide back inside. I think he's the best. I think that's he's the best option there. I think that you're going to have Lewis and and Dollar Bill on one side. With we'll we'll get to Cam Jones and uh, Albert and Albert Reese on the other. So. Dollar Bill has been, a, he's been an inconsistent player. You see some flashes, and then you see you know a couple of bad plays here and there. This is sort of the money year for him. I could see – and the fact that they're giving him the reps at left tackle m- makes me believe that they think he could be really good because they wouldn't put him over there to protect Will Rogers' blind side if they didn't have faith in him. I think that Lewis ends up winning that job, though, and they slide Dollar Bill. I think the left side of the line becomes a real strength for Mississippi State by the end of the season. So I have Dollar Bill at 15 – at 14, you mentioned Jordan Davis a minute ago. I like DeMonte Russell a lot. Mm-hmm. I really think he's a, a good player. He's a guy that when he signed with Mississippi State, I had a lot of, uh, of, a lot of hope for because I thought he represented that you know, sort of the, the next Montez Sweat for Mississippi State. It's been a, bil- a build to get him to this point, but I think he's ready to have his breakout season for the Bulldogs. I think early on in the season, especially, he'll get some starting reps. And then he and Jordan Davis, I think that's a, a tandem that, c- that can provide a lot of the pass rush that Mississippi State was missing uh, a season ago. I like I like Demonte Russell a lot, so that's who I have at fourteen. Who do you have?
1: I've got Colin Duncan at fourteen. Okay, um, just I think he's the better safety of that bunch, um, but still, I mean, like you said, just not a, a real flashy guy. He's just solid. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be solid in his coverage. Might get beat once or twice, but for the most part, I, I think he's going to help Mississippi State back there in the back end. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, he's just a solid
0: player, nothing nothing flashy about him. There's no question.
1: Uh, let's see here. Who do you have at 13? Uh, I've got Tulu at 13. Okay. A little bit higher than you, but yeah. same concept. Still waiting to see him break out. He's still got a lot to prove. Yep. and you he's know, just. This is yeah. just
0: a second year. We, we let's not put too much on him. Third year. Well, he
1: didn't play his first year though, right? Wasn't he hurt? Uh, that was. Yeah, I guess he was. He didn't play at all. No. Yeah, he did. He played in the bowl game. Because he had a big bowl game. Oh, you're right. He didn't that play. Was, you're thinking about know, like, Rufus Harvey.
0: You know, I get my. uh my, You're
1: thinking about the my, dreads
0: I, I get my dreadlocks and my he, explosive i should have thought of Rufus Harvey though because he's Starkville's zone and is going to catch 56 touchdowns this year
1: that's right he did um, he's number one he on did the have some, he did have some issues i think on like staying healthy a little bit yeah. through camp and all but um, yeah i mean he he made a big jump from year 1 to year 2 and that and they utilized him a little bit more yes I'd like to see that – I'd like to see that even more this year. I mean, he's just such a dynamic player when he gets the ball in his hands. Just let him go. I mean, just, just get the ball in his hands and, and let him go. Uh, but right now, not – he's not really high on my list, but he's not really low. He's just right. kind of middle of the pack. He's, right, right, right. he's waiting to explode. I forgot about Tulu
0: in terms of that bowl game and just looking at it and going, why was he not returning kicks all year? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, why, why is Tulsa kicking him the ball? Yeah, there's that too.
0: I have Jet Johnson at 13. I like Jet. He was easily the surprise of last season, a guy I had no expectations for. And then by the end of the year, he had Aaron Brule on the bench. Uh, just became a very solid football player, a tackling machine, rarely out of position. Really like him. I'm not sure how high the ceiling is on Jet. I think, you know, good might be the ceiling on Jet, which is fine. You know, we'll see this year if he has another level to that he can attain. I like Jet Johnson a lot, but that's why I have him at uh, at thirteen. At twelve is where I have Jalen Green. I like Jalen Green a lot. I thought he had some big plays last year, uh, and this year I think he he could. Re- I think he'll be more comfortable at safety. I see him having a big season. He could be the guy who ends up leading state in interceptions uh, when this is all said and done. I mean, he's a former five star football player. Of high school you know that the talent is there i think a second year in, in, in the arnett system is going to do him a lot of good i think he's gonna have a big year uh, he could be a guy who's in line for small sec honors uh when the season ends who do you have at 12
1: i've got jet johnson at 12 okay man we are really it's crazy how close yeah, we've been we've been pretty close yeah um i think you know like you said jet is not you know some superior athlete or anything like that but just a really good inside linebacker I mean, just a guy just a tackling machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he plays plays into that history of really good inside linebackers for Mississippi State. Some guys that they've had in the past, you know, like Richie Brown, Errol Thompson. I, I'm Ball not list man. I I don't think he is on Errol's level, but very similar in the fact that he's just always there. Um, and I thought last year really kind of made Mississippi State's run defense different. Uh, When he got into the mix, State was a much better team against the run. and I think a lot of that had to do with Jet Johnson. Such a humble kid um, and just uh, got a nose for the football, too. I think he's turned into a really good player for Mississippi State, and I think he's going to be solid for State again this year. We're not talking much about the linebackers, but I think they could be a a good crew this year.
0: No, I agree with you 100%. I think that they're going to be a a really good crew uh, for Mississippi State. I've got a couple guys in my top ten when we get there. Uh, So the fact that we haven't talked about the linebackers is a good sign for them. uh, Yeah. Totally honest. All right. So that's who you had at twelve was Jet Johnson. Yes. Who do you have? uh, We'll we'll go to eleven, then we'll do the break. Who do you have at eleven?
1: Um, I've got Cameron Jones at eleven. Same, absolutely. Um, I I have him starting at right guard. Yes, and and honestly, I. I don't want that to seem like I'm down on Cameron Jones cuz I I just have pl- other players ahead of him that that's kind of the big reason why he's at 11 and not higher up because he might be one of your most versatile offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. They've moved him around to right tackle, to right guard, he can play left guard. Um I wouldn't stick him at left tackle, but that's not a spot that I could see him just being completely awful at. I mean, I I think he's good enough to play several positions on the line of scrimmage. You're talking about a player that was a signing day decision for Mississippi State. They offered him on signing day. I was standing two feet from him while he was on the phone with uh, Marcus Johnson and Jim Moorhead, and we were just kind of wondering what decision he was going to make. He was about to sign with Louisiana Lafayette. And he's turned into just a really good offensive lineman for State. Um, if they have issues at, at right tackle, he can slide to right tackle and you can do some things. Really, I think he's, he's at his best at guard. And I think he I agree. could have a huge season. He's an NFL guy. I, I think he can play in the NFL. And it's crazy I, when you consider, like you said,
0: an absolute last minute guy on signing day just a yeah. few years ago. And now, uh, just another, you know, and, and again, I say it all the time, like stars do matter. I would like to see Mississippi State signing four- and five-star players, but he's just another success story of these guys that State found and developed and turned into a solid, solid football player. So we both have Cam Jones at 11. We'll stop there and come back after the break. Let's move on into the second half of the countdown. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. This weekend, nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. Grab some steaks, grab some burgers, put a brisket on the smoker, do it up big enjoy yourself and do it with beef so many great ways to cook beef if you're looking for recipes i suggest you go to msbeef.org and get great recipes there and of course you can find a lot of information out about our mississippi beef producers beef it's what's for dinner thanks to our friends at the mississippi Beef council yesterday our two brothers ad turned into a huge you know fight between me and robbie a lot of heat between us lately robbie a lot of heat so we, just uh, we, how, just how I like it. I, I look forward to the Clarion Ledger having the. Uh, What's the problem with thunder and lightning? And then you super kick me through a uh, plate glass window.
1: I knew he was going to do that.
0: What an act of cowardism by Hayden! <laughs> Hopefully, today's Two Brothers ad won't be as contentious. When I tell you that Two Brothers smoked meats in the heart of the cotton district is the place to find smoked Southern soul food. So good. It's just so good. And you know, it's just, when it hits your lips. It's just so good. The smoked wings, the pork rind nachos, the barbecue chicken chipotle taco. That's a personal favorite of mine. Robbie's a pork belly taco kind of guy himself. Just up and down that menu are winners. You can just put your finger on the menu and say, bring me that, not even look. And I promise you're still going to get something that's really, really good. Check them out next time you're in Starkville. If you live in Starkville, you know you should be heading there more often. That's two brothers smoked meats. Great products and great service. Every business promises it. Who delivers? Well, I'll tell you that Advantage Business Systems does, and I'll prove it. 47 years in business. Nobody stays open that long when they're not taking care of their customers. When you have business technology needs and you need big name products, the best products, you call Advantage Business Systems. And when those products, hey, nothing lasts forever. When something goes wrong and you want to have somebody you can count on, Advantage Business Systems is there because they're a Mississippi business just like you. They're not some big company across the ocean. They're not dealing with out-of-state contractors. They're here in the state. That means they take care of your problems faster and more efficiently. Call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Robbie, who do you have at number 10?
1: Oh, uh, Number 10, I have uh, Nate Watson. Okay. Um and I, I think he's he's primed for a big season. You know, last year was kind of his chance to take that next step, and I thought he did. I thought he had a really good season. This year is his chance to to show that he can take a, an even bigger step. Um, not quite ready to put him in that upper upper tier with some of these other guys, mm-hmm. but I think he's right on the verge.
0: I have him a little higher than you, even. I, I like him. I think he's just like. Just another great MSU linebacker. And the athleticism gives him an advantage there. I think he's going to have a, a huge year for Mississippi State this year. I have Cam Young 10th. I think Cam Young might be the most underrated. And I may have underrated him here. He might be the most underrated player on this team. He is just a guy that week in and week out does his job, doesn't complain. And then when you look around on defense, especially when you look at when there's a big play, especially something near the line of scrimmage. Cam Young is invariably the one coming off the pile with the football, with the running back in his arms, whatever it is. I think Cam Young's an outstanding defensive tackle. Doesn't get the the love that he probably should.
1: Agree. I, I have him. Uh, I th- we, we probably are pretty close to switching these two. Yeah. So who, at nine is where I have
0: Jaden Crumity. I have Crumedy, not- again, just consistent. Week in, week out. He needs – he's a guy that, you know, I think has NFL talent. He needs to have a little bit more on the stat sheet this year. A little. He needs to find his way to the quarterback a few more times. But I think he can do that. But, again, when it just comes to consistency and week-in, week-out performances, I have – this is where I would put Crumity.
1: I have the other Jaden here. I have Jaden Wally at number um, nine. Okay. Um, it, we, we didn't think he had quite as good a season as a sophomore as he did as a freshman, although the numbers are similar – Though the there were three more game, two more games right. than he played the year before, I I, I thought that it wasn't a, it not a sophomore slump by any means, but I, I did think that you know he had a few more drops. I think teams were focusing in on him a little more. You know he's cut the dreads. It seems like he's all business at this point. Although I'm very upset about him cutting the hair, <laughs> but um I, I just it just feels like he's going to have a huge season. Um, the the lack of catch their lack of catches returning with Makai Polk leaving I think that opens the door for Jaden to be numero uno once once again and I think he's going to have a really big year this year I see so who do you have at uh, at eight at number eight I have uh, Jaden Crumity. okay so uh, you know Crumity, like you said a guy that's just I mean he's been playing since 2019 he's been on that Mississippi State defensive line. If you remember, they had such a young group that year. Yes. And they had to thrust him in there on that defensive line and play some major reps. And since then, he's just kind of been there. He's been seaming it on that line. And last year wasn't a great year, numbers wise, for him. But I think this year could be a, a big, a big season for him. There were a lot of people thought that he might come out early after last season. But, you know, this year is truly his money year, a chance to be a, another Bulldog. Uh, defensive lineman in the NFL. He's got the tools to do it. I think he's going to have a big season.
0: I, I don't disagree with you there for for, for any reason. I have uh, Bookie Watson at eight. I think he's just going to have a solid year. He'll be a hundred tackle guy this year. I think when it's all said and done, he'll be a guy who, who helps that MSU pass rush. I think he'll, he'll be a little bit more active uh, in his second year, full year as a starter. I just really like his, what he brings to the game. I think, I think he's a, a solid, solid linebacker. Like you mentioned earlier, MSU has such a great tradition there at the inside linebacker position. I think he'll be one of those guys. I have Jaden Wally at seven. Again, you mentioned it. You know, He did take a little bit of, a, of what felt like a step back last year. I don't know if it was a step back or it was just that MSU had more talent around him with Makai Polk there. And then Polk, Polk put up the numbers I think a lot of us that thought Jaden Wally was going to go. I think Wally this year is going to be a 70-80 catch guy. I think he'll be close to a thousand yards. I think he'll be close to double-digit touchdowns, if not over. I think by the end of the season, he'll be in, he'll be pushing for all SEC honors, uh, Jaden Wiley. So, I, I think he, I think a big year is in store for him. Uh, who do you have there at number seven?
1: I've got Tyrus Wheat. Okay, at seven. Um, Wheat. I think uh, another player that nobody's talking about right now, but just kind of a silent assassin. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that. With the experience returning the and also returning jordan davis I, I've said all along, I really think the pass rush of those guys is going to open up opportunities for tyrus wheat we We didn't talk about him nearly as much last year, and I thought not having that pass rush was a big reason for that. This year, I think he could be in for a monster season, and uh you know he's a he's a run stopper, he's a pass rusher. He's got the ability to step back and cover some and make some plays. Just a really athletic guy for his size. And, uh, you know, I, I, think, I think that that pass rush is the ultimate X factor to put him over the top and give him the type of season that he wants to have heading out of Mississippi State.
0: I think I agree with you. Uh, I, I like Tyra Sweet a lot. Um, I think he's going to have a fantastic uh, season. He's, he, he's who I have at six. Who do you have at six?
1: Um, I've got Cam Young at six. Okay, um, wow, you got I'm, him way up. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm as high on this guy probably as anybody. I just think that he is a consistent force there in the middle. He's he does so many things that you don't think about. And if you look at his stats, like he he was in there on a lot of plays last year for a guy at the nose, he, he had some really good stats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not a Jeffrey Simmons by any means, but he can plug the hole. And sometimes he can get in the backfield and make some plays. I just think that this is one of those guys, the same as, as Cam Jones, which they came in – they come in at the same time? I can't remember if they were the same I year think or they not. I to be honest with you. Uh, I can't remember if they were the same year or not. But, um, you know, if they were, that's a tremendous hit by Mississippi State to get those two guys. Because it's a very similar situation. He was going to sign with Gulf Coast, I think. And he did actually sign with Gulf Coast. And Mississippi State came in with an offer, and, and there he is. And since then, I mean, he's just been really good. He, I thought when, when um, Nate Pickering dropped out of that 2020 season, mm-hmm. that was the best thing that ever happened to Cam Young. I agree. I agree with he you got know. all those reps in the middle. I thought he was really good. And Pickering could never really bump him out of the way last mm-hmm. year. And I don't think that's going to happen this year either. I do think Pickering is going to be right there with him. But I think Cam Young is your guy at the nose. So I, I'm just really high on him. I think he's another guy that has a future in the NFL. And um, I, I just I, I think this is going to be another big year for Cam Young. I agree.
0: I agree with you 100%. So like I mentioned, I have Tyrus Weed at six. I think he's going to be a wrecking ball this year. Uh, I, I just feel like he's going to be a, a, maybe like an Ed Smith kind of year. For him, I don't know if he'll have the same kind of numbers, but he'll have to be the same kind of force on this defense that Ed Smith was back in '98. Uh, I just, I just have a, a good feeling about him this year. I feel like having Jordan Davis, having Demonte Russell, gives him some some help in the pass rush department. He's state's best pass rusher by far uh, a season ago. I think that 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 as a group they'll be better this year, and he'll be a big part of that. So I have him at six. At five is where I have Jaquavius Marks, Woody Marks. Now I want to say this. If I thought Dylan Johnson was going to start, I would have Dylan Johnson at number five. It's just uh, whoever MSU RB1 is, I'll take them at five here. Uh, I I think that Marks, is. you can just go ahead and write him down for 600 rushing yards and 700 receiving yards this year, maybe more. And he'll be, like we've said before, he'll be MSU's all-time leading uh, receiver by season's end. Again, we're talking about confidence. How can you not have confidence in, in Jaquavius Marks and those numbers? You know that you're going to get them from
1: it. Yeah, and that, that's who I have at five as well. Um, and I, like you said, I'm the same as you. If you switch Dylan Johnson here, same thing. I mean, both of these guys are going to produce for Mississippi State in their own way. I, I thought Marks took a huge step last year. He got bigger. He wasn't one of those guys that was going down on first hit. I mean, he became a more well-rounded running back. He got and bigger, he,
0: and, but he kept his
1: elusiveness. Yes, and I, one of the most impressive games I've seen from him was that Arkansas game last year. Played great. He just, I mean, he was one of those guys that just kept taking a hit, and he's so tough. Him and Dylan Johnson have taken more hits than I've seen from MSU running back in a long time and they've been able to just fight through it. So both of those guys are solid. I think they're interchangeable. We both believe that, that Marks is going to be the starter. You're going to see both guys in there about the same amount of reps, just about. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter. Either one of those guys could be at this position. Robbie, who do you have at uh, number four? Number four, I've got Emmanuel Forbes. Okay. Um, I, I think he is what he is at this point, and that's a really good – a cornerback that's uh, going to be a playmaker for Mississippi State. I have no worries about Emmanuel Forbes taking over basically where Martin Emerson was. Um, I, I think he he has the ability to be your QB, your CB one, I guess, out there and, and lock down one of the better receivers and, and make some plays out there. So, you know, I'm really high on Emmanuel Forbes. I think he's going to have a, a big season this year and it could springboard him into the NFL, which the other day just made uh, a top-two-round mock draft. So, you know, we'll see if that happens. I don't know if he's going to be quite good enough as a prospect to come out that early, mm-hmm. but he's already on that radar. We'll
0: come back to Forbes for me in just a minute because this is where I have Will Rogers. I have him up for him. Okay. I just feel, I mean, again, I, I kind of know what I'm going to get from him. I'm going to get close. I'm going to get over 4,500 yards. I'm going to get over 30 touchdowns. I'm going to get, you know, few interceptions. I'm going to get 70 plus percent completion percentage. Am I going to get more than that, though? That's what I want to know. Am I going to get 5,000 yards? Am I going to get 40 touchdowns? Am I going to get, you know, 12 to 13 yards per completion? Those are the things, the questions I have. Will Rogers. I would say I have fewer questions about the next three guys on this list for me than I have uh, for Will Rogers. Expect big things from Will Rogers this year. Have a ton of confidence in him. Just have a few more questions about him than the other ones. I have Emmanuel Forbes third. Robbie, I think there's another level of Emmanuel Forbes game. I think that he he can be a really, he's been a great playmaker. Now he's going to show that he's a great shutdown corner because teams are going to avoid him this year. They're going to avoid him. So you're going to get to really see him in coverage, I think. Because nobody's going to want to throw near him, and it's going to be like, well, nobody throws near Emmanuel Forbes. I think this is a year where, you know, teams that do test him are going to pay for it. I just feel like throwing near Emmanuel Forbes, he's the kind of cornerback. It's not just a turnover when you throw near Emmanuel Forbes. Most, a lot of times, it's going the other way. I mean, he's got, what, four career pick sixes, five career pick sixes, something like that. It's It's an incredible number. He, when he gets his hands on the ball, he turns defense into offense, so. Really, you know me, I'm a mark
1: for Forbes. I have him third. Who do you have third? Austin Williams. Okay. Um, it's just steady, you know, almost every time you throw him the ball, he's going to catch it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a shame that, the, you know, like the, the one or two times that he actually makes a mistake, it's in such a big moment. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems like, you know, that's how it happens um, because that's – not the kind of player he is. I mean, he'll he'll make 100 catches in a row and then might drop one and it's in a big game, and that's what people remember. But that's not who Austin Williams is. What he is is the pattern of consistency uh, on and off the field. And I I think he's unquestionably one of those top three guys that I'm most confident in performing how he needs to perform. Yeah. So do you have it too. I've got LaQuiston Sharp at two. Same. Um, I just – I just think that LaQuinston Sharp is kind of the key to that offensive line. Bringing him back was so big because you just cannot state how serious it is to have a guy that can not only snap it perfectly well just about every single time, but also go into his blocking. And that's what he's been able to do well. That move to center has been huge for him because it's probably pushed him into the possibility of being an NFL guy. Um, he's just he's hit a next level by getting that center spot. I
0: have Sharp, number two, as well. Uh, he is, like we, we, you just said, I think him coming back was one of the most important things for Mississippi State this, uh, this offseason. It, 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 it may have reshaped a lot of predictions for them. I know that seems sort of odd to talk about with the center, but it's just such an important part of this offense. That it, it had to happen. So good, good for state to get him back. I think it was a key for this season. My number one's Austin Williams. If you sit there and tell me right now that Austin Williams is on the field, I'm I'm gonna tell you, okay, six catches, 71 yards, a touchdown every other game. I mean, I have total confidence in Austin Williams. I know what his stat line is going to be this season. I know what he's going to do. I, I know that on third and, and greater than five that Will Rogers is always looking for him. I know that if the ball is near him, he's going to catch it, and he's going to get the first down. You know, Nothing flashy, nothing over the top, just consistency, consistency, consistency. How can you not have faith in our future president, I might add, Austin Williams?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm – I can't argue with you if you have him in either one of those three spots. I mean, I think he's he's got to be up there. Th- this is a list about people you feel most confident in doing their job and doing what they have to do. And I've, I, I think he's got to be in the top three. Either one of those three spots works. Mm-hmm. I, I have Will Rogers, number one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's just because I, I just – I think – that he's there. I think he's in that sweet spot now, where he's just kind of robotic at that quarterback spot in the air raid. I think he's going to be an automatic 4,500 yard guy. He's going to be consistent with um, his completion percentage. He's not going to make a ton of mistakes. I just feel more confident in Will Rogers running this offense than I do anybody else.
0: No question. No question that that Will uh... Rogers is the guy for this offense. 100%. So. All right, we got through it without any train wreck, without any problems. Good job, Robbie. Good stuff, too. Wow. Uh, I, I'm, a li- I'm, not, I'm not, not too surprised, but I am a little surprised at how close our lists were. There wasn't, yeah. there wasn't one where I was like, wow, that's, that's a surprise, how high you have them or, or how low you have them.
1: Very close. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of it. And, and we had most of the starters correct, too. Uh, I, I, that's the other thing. Yeah, We didn't have a whole lot of dis, uh,
0: disagreement on
1: that. So, All right,
0: let's do a couple of games here before we get out. Uh, For the weekend, we're looking at games number 43 and 42 for the year. Number 43 for me, this was a fun game, Robbie. 2016, Mississippi State 35, Texas A&M 28. A&M comes in hot off the first college football playoff rankings, number four in the country, undefeated. State undergoing just a miserable season. This was the start of the Nick Fitzgerald show. At Mississippi State, as far as I'm concerned, scores on State's first play from scrimmage on a long touchdown run, uh, runs for another touchdown, throws for two touchdowns in this game. Just a tremendous game for him. And State just made enough plays to win. AM was able to come back and make it a game. But, you know, ever, we've said it a few times now, ever since Johnny Manziel left college stations, Mississippi State has had the advantage in this game. This was a game, you know, State in the, the black uniforms, the, the black. They were black and gray uniforms, but they were also uh, American uniforms, like v- Veterans Day celebration, I think, is what it was. So, uh, you know, a distinct uniform against a r- highly ranked opponent and a really big upset. That's a, that's a lot of good stuff going on at one time. So I have it number 43 on my list.
1: I think this, this game reminded me kind of of that Florida game in 2004. Yes, there's a lot. Yes, very much. You know, there wasn't a big crowd there. Um, you know, state was kind of struggling. A and M came in; they had a lot of hype around them. I think at that point they were they were they'd only lost like one game. They were undefeated. And
0: They're number four in the country.
1: I don't think they were undefeated. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up now. Got to look they that had, up. Yeah, they had lost to somebody, but I don't they, think they had right? they were number four in the in the thing. They wouldn't have they wouldn't have had a loss. Let's see here. Texas they a. had a loss coming in. They they were not undefeated at that point. I hate it when you're right, but you are. <laughs> they lost to Alabama. Alabama well, does that really count? That, that doesn't count. Yeah. They were undefeated, yeah. like I said. But this was like, you know, this is they had this pattern after Johnny Manziel. like Kenny Hill was like this Heisman candidate when he came to Startville. And that was like the when they lost, like that was kind of the start of him declining. Trevor Knight, you know, everybody was so big on Trevor Knight at the time. He was the quarterback, and I think he got beat up a little bit in that ball game, and um, kind of he struggled a little bit down the stretch. Nick Fitzgerald really kind of took this game over. You know, he he rushed for over 150 yards, had that big touchdown run. I remember that on that run, Farai Green had the most beautiful block that a tight end could have, sealing off that run, and that play was just – it was a it was a great play call by Dan Mullen right off the bat. Um and and Fitzgerald was just untouched. He just he yeah. literally it, it was nobody beautiful. touched him. Um so that I mean that was just such a big win. And in, in the end, you know, without this game, state didn't get bowl eligible, which they only right. won one more game in the regular season. But that was the high water mark of that year, really, for Mississippi. State. And um just came out and I thought Really dictated the the tempo of that game, and when State has been able to be real physical with te- Texas A and M, they dominate. They, they've beaten them. Yeah. Um, looking at the stats here, three hundred and sixty five rushing yards to one hundred and seventeen. I mean, it yeah. just came out. Dan Mullen came out and said, "We're just going to pound them in the mouth," and that's yeah. that's basically what happened. They had one hundred and seventeen rushing yards. Christian Kirk kind of carried them in this game. Seven catches, 144 yards, and a touchdown. He had a big, he had a big touchdown reception, um, uh, 54 yards. And Josh Reynolds, both of those guys were incredible athletes. Speedy Noel was on that team, too. I mean, they, they were loaded in talent. But just like any time, I mean, it, it just seems like Mississippi State was the more physical team, and Texas A&M has never really had that characteristic about them. So speaking of
0: physical – We've talked about before. Nobody more physical at the quarterback position than Nick Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald in three games against Texas A and M scored scored or threw for eleven touchdowns. Yeah, he there were two teams he three teams he dominated. Ole Miss he obviously got knocked out of one of them, but he dominated two games he played fully, and then Texas A and M and Arkansas. He just destroyed those teams when he played them. You know, he had the loss to Arkansas, but my God, he scored six touchdowns by himself.
1: So that game, a loved the, the, AM, A&M and loved Ole Miss. The Aggies. AM and Ole Miss, he dominated. He it's crushed them. Both of them.
0: Yeah, never I, lost. I, didn't lose a start to AM. Beat him 16, 17, and 18. And that
1: he, w- he wouldn't have lost to Ole Miss had he not gotten hurt?
0: Uh, no, no, no question in my mind.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, that, we're going to look back at Nick Fitzgerald as one of the great quarterbacks in Mississippi State.
0: His only fa- flaw, it's not even really a flaw but he was the guy who followed Dak Prescott and people just never going to let that, you know, happen. All right. Number 42. You're ready to laugh, Robbie. Then 2019 egg bowl, Mississippi state 21 Ole miss 20 or as we like to call it the piss in the miss.
1: I was standing in that end zone watching that play unfold it was like slow motion. Didn't see Elijah Moore though. I didn't anyway. I don't know. If I you was did. standing right by Elijah Moore. Oh my gosh! So I you, had standing, bird's eye, you had the eye. Yeah, I was the standing bird's by eye the, view of the dog line. there. So I was standing by the pile on, him on the right on the right on the goal line. So I saw him cross over. I said, "That's a touchdown." When I saw him crawling, I I was looking at. I forget who was next to me. I know Paul was next to me. A couple other media people, maybe Joel. Mm-hmm. That was when Joel took the picture with Austin Riley. Yeah, yeah, was, Austin Riley. I was standing by Joel and Austin Riley on that possession, so I'm I moved with the team as the as the play was moving down the field. I mean, first of all, that possession lasted ten minutes forever. Like I think the real time possession was like fifteen minutes. You know, they had them stopped. them fourth Fordham and twenty five. it down there. Let's one loose. Chunked down there to I think Dontario Drummond. I forget who that was that caught that. No, it was uh. It was, uh, um, is it Braylon Sanders? Braylon Sanders, man, man, yeah, just chunked it yeah. down there. Was well, 4 and, to
0: twenty five,
1: and, and of course they keep the drive alive. There was like two or three pass interference calls mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when they tore that touchdown, Brian, I saw more crawling, mm-hmm. and I looked at somebody. I said, uh-oh, "Uh oh, uh-oh, uh oh, what's he doing?" Like it was like slow motion. Yeah, he crawled straight to the pylon and raised that leg, and I said. They just lost the ball game. Yeah. Because I so, knew that they were about to miss that field goal. Like, I knew what was about to happen.
0: I was on the sidelines. I see him catch the touchdown. Immediately, I start looking at Matt Luke. I want to see if he's got two fingers in the air. He doesn't. And I'm just like, oh, my God, he's going to kick and go for the tie? Why yeah, would he do that? I wouldn't have kicked. I wouldn't have either. I would have gone for two. But it wouldn't have made a difference. When we got to the penalty, I would have had to kick. Yes. But so I see the flags and I don't know what's happened. I just assume somebody said something to somebody, right? And then if you remember, the, the official says personal foul on sportsmanlike conduct on the on the on Ole Miss. He's like, the penalty will be enforced on the kickoff. I look down at Moorhead. He's going crazy. He's like, no, no, I want it now. I want it now. And so I, I don't know what the official's thinking. Why would you not mark that off on the extra point? And all week long, Brian Scott Rippey had been like, they, they can't kick, they can't kick field goals. And as soon as they backed him up, I was like, he's going to miss this. Yeah. Sure enough, Luke Logan missed the extra point and sets off the celebration. That was a weird game. The state got off to a 14-0 lead. Ole Miss comes back. State really bottled up John Rice Plumlee that day. Willie Gay had a massive game uh, for the Bulldogs, sort of spying John Rice and wouldn't let him go anywhere. Neely fumbled uh, on the first possession of the game. But then, like I said, Ole Miss got back into it. Then State scored. And it looked like they had control at times, but they just could not put Ole Miss away. And then you have that last drive, fourth and 25, and Corral unleashes the cannon. This was sort of the game, by the way, where Corral, I think it was going to be his statement of, I'm leaving. This is why I'm leaving, because look what I can do, and they won't play me. And yeah. if, if they hadn't fired Matt Luke, Matt Corral would have been an Oregon duck, as Michael Borky has told you a number of times. Um, but instead – and then, of course, there's the aftershocks of this game. Moore more does that. Ole Miss loses. Ole Miss fires Matt Luke and hires Lane Kiffin. A month later, State will fire Joe Moorhead and hire Mike Leach and put us in the spot. And also, as much as we don't – you know, we like to laugh, give Elijah Moore a lot of credit in that he took it on the chin – <clears throat> He's like, I made a mistake, and I screwed up. And then next year, he was the best receiver in the SEC. And had probably the greatest
1: season anybody's ever had. He there. Had
0: the greatest season in Ole Miss history, for sure, but because ten he only played in 10 games, and he broke A.J. Brown's single-season rece- single receiving record. He played yeah. 10 SEC teams. Or nine, I'm sorry, nine. He didn't play in the LSU game. He'd opted out at that point. Mm-hmm. And still <laughs> was like at 1,200 yards receiving.
1: So It's just and weird to look at the – the- it's just weird to look at the butterfly effect of this game. Like yes. Matt oh, Corral, college football. Like the the plan was for Plumley just to be the quarterback there. Yeah. And Plumley just couldn't do anything, so they had to put Corral in the game to do something. Right. And he let him right down the field. And then, you know, Luke gets if if state wins if state loses that ball game, mm-hmm. Joe Moorhead's probably fired after yeah. that game. We, we Billy were being Napier told head coach. We were being told before that game, this is it. Morehead's yeah. done. We, we were told that on the sideline Morehead's before the game. Morehead's
0: post-game press conference, and he basically made it impossible to fire him. Yeah. he made he, Because he came out and said, we're going to do this my way. I'm doing it. I'm taking care of it. You know, you can drag my Yankee, you know what, out of here. He made it impossible for, unless you were just going to look like a bunch of, of you know, idiots. And, You're almost thankful that what happened in the bowl practice happened because otherwise, you know, he's probably – I don't know if he's still the coach here, but he's definitely the coach in 2020. So,
1: we'll see. It's just crazy to think about that game and what – like it was not a good game. No. Just the the things that happened.
0: But it had – so much happened as a result of it. So, Ole Miss – or Mississippi State 21, Ole Miss 20. That's your number 42 game on the countdown we'll do two more games on Monday show uh, well i guess if we yeah we'll who we'll, will we have a monday show i might i might record one before i leave i don't know if, if, if robbie will be able to join me before i head out to atlanta if you can robbie great if not i'll just do go with alone and then we'll figure it out next week uh, as i'm in atlanta for for sec media days uh plenty of great coverage though coming your way from sports talk mississippi check us out on twitter and on on instagram we'll have a lot of good stuff there Uh, for you guys have a great weekend and robbie and i'll be back with you very very soon for robbie Falk, i'm brian haydad thanks for listening to thunder and lightning on super talk